another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And this week, as always, we're kindly sponsored by Harbro, suppliers and manufacturers of quality livestock nutrition. I'm delighted to have on the podcast this week a Scotsman who is from south of the equator and probably an honorary Argentinian. Norman Cato, welcome to Top Lines and Tales. Well, good morning. Nice to be with you. And Norman, you're born and bred in Aberdeenshire in Scotland and uh, started your working life there, I believe, as a shepherd in Aberdeenshire. Uh, yes, I left school and went to start with uh, working with sheep as a shepherd, as a shepherd because my, my family was all sheep men. My father was a shepherd at Candy Craig and uh, my brother was a kind of sheep man. And, well, I, I got a job as a shepherd and, well, that, that's what I started with. It didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> And you're from the Aboyne district in Aberdeenshire, and uh, a, f- a friend of yours, Neil Massey from Blilach, mentioned you when he was on this podcast a while ago, and I guess he must have been a neighbour of yours. Well, yes, I was a neighbour. I used to work on that farm when, when, well, later on, and, and my mother used to babysit for Neil. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. I gather that the two of you knew each other, but I believe you then went on to work at Doonside for Lady McRobert. Yes, that's correct. When I stopped the shepherding, and uh, I pre- lived, lived pretty close to to Doonside, and uh, I were applying for a, a, a assistant herdsman. I, I would like this chance. That, well, I got the job, and then uh, I was more than a year, than a year there before coming to Argentina. Okay, and 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 Doonside would have a fantastic herd of cattle back there in the in the sixties with uh, Highlanders, but mainly with Angus. And uh, would Henry Durwood have been there when uh, when you joined? No, Henry Ward, Henry, well, very good pal of mine, but uh, Henry came in after. Bill Shand was the herdsman at that time. Oh, yeah, I'm aware of uh, of Bill Shand. And, of course, Doonside would have uh, the halcyon years in the middle 60s when, uh, with their Angus, they'd be pretty much top of the tree. And, uh, of course, they would shift a lot of cattle back then, a lot of bulls down to South America, down to Argentina. And then uh, you found yourself being in Argentina there, Norman. Uh, how did that come about? Well, uh, when I was at Doonside, uh, I had a weekend off, and uh, my uncle appeared at the house with Ali Cog, which was the master herdsman in Scotland at that time. Yeah. And uh, what the hell are you doing here? I said. Well, he, well, he started. He said, "Look here, I'm just come back from Argentina, and uh, I worked there for a few months, and not not too long because." Uh, and, we got the champion bull at Palermo, and the, the people that owned that cattle, the purple family, had, uh, uh, said to him, uh, well, you, you, I like this, we've done very well, but uh, you've got to come up more time with us. And he, Alex said, well, you know, I've got my herd to look after, I can't abandon my herd to look, come and look after your one. So they said, uh, well, what can you do? And he suggested that he go home, he talked to his son at the Bahamas at that time, and uh, well, he's still there. And um, he suggested that I find a young herdsman. I take him to Bahamas to work with me for, for a period of time, and they get what the, what the things that I like to do and what not to do. And uh, then he will leave there for maybe April for five months to put the, and then after Palermo you, you go back back home again okay. well I this was a tremendous surprise to me 
Well, I, I didn't think much about it. Eh? I looked at my mother. I'm, a, I'm an only son. With a, my father died when I was ten. I looked at my mother, and she said, "Don't worry about me." So well, it was an adventure. I liked. I think it was more to get working with Alec Hogan than more the adventure to going to Argentina. What what I liked really. I really want to get 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 ready for the job because I like to like the the job of a herdsman, you know, showing and cattle and bringing out. So, well, that's what how that that was how it started. Okay. Our regular listeners to this podcast will, of course, know of Alec Og, one of the greatest stockmen of his generation and respected by many, and, and ran his own herd as well there at Bukharam, as you said. And uh, and you said you brought out cattle for raw furpa, would that be at uh, La Denisa? You obviously knew Og firsthand there, and uh, what sort of man was he? What what was he like to work with? Maybe a, maybe a hard taskmaster, I guess. Oh, when he was, uh, he, was he didn't, he didn't, he was no trouble to get on with I just wanted to learn, and I just told, I did what I was told to do. <laughs> I was green at that time, so. <laughs> but you know, well, we got on very well, so well. So I left it in, I left uh, Scotland in the first of April, April Fool's Day, <laughs> to go to Argentina, and uh, well, I started there, and well, I worked there, and. Some, you know, it was it was very difficult. I, the only Spanish that I knew was, uh, I think, maybe gracias for thank you and and on uh, por favor for please. And I I started looking at books after that. <laughs> but it, it, it went on. We got on the show. I loved Palermo. It was a, the Palermo was a tremendous show, really. It's a, it's different from the whole shows in the world. This the enthusiasm is tremendous at that show. It's it's really fabulous. If you've never been there, I, I wish you would come someday. It is a legend of a show and somewhere on my bucket list to go to uh, one of these years, certainly. And just going back to Alec Og, he was in such demand, he would go to Palermo show, as you said, and bring the cattle out, and then he'd take off again, and we had another show, and I think he ended up going in, he ended up going to Chicago, I think, showing, uh, bringing out cattle for the for the Leachmans and, uh, and winning that show. Uh, one year, I think maybe a little bit later, when he won, uh, our listeners will remember, he won all three shows, Palermo, Chicago, and Perth, all in the same year. Yeah, I think so. That was, I, think, I, mean, I think that's right. He, the years I was, we got reserved, uh, the bull had, had food in mouth this year, and a couple of months after, before the show, so okay. he got, got a bit of a knockback, but the, we got reserved, and that was, that was okay find that fascinating that uh, an animal could get uh, foot and mouth disease and then get over it and go on and win a show. Most people think that uh, foot and mouth, of course, is a terminal disease, which it isn't. And uh, Argentina did have its share of problems with uh, foot and mouth over the years. I think until they vaccinated, it was quite an inherent uh, problem, Dan. Oh, yes. Well, but it's, it's, it's gone nowadays. You never hear about it. No, they vaccinate us still, but, uh, but not so much. And... Uh, not 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 so many vaccines and and, and there's no food in mouth nowadays. It's never. I don't know what for how long the last outbreak was, but it's quite a time. And thankfully so. And uh, you'd be go there on the first of April, as you said, and working at La Denisa for five months. And then would you uh, come back to the UK and then go back to working with Alec at Buham when you came back? No, no, no. I, I came back. I just finished up in the show in a, a couple of weeks. I was off, off home again, okay. and I, I didn't go back to the, the, with Alec. That was that was all over. 
So I went to, well, I got a, an odd job at the, funny enough, at Blelick. <laughs> that was before uh, Neil Massey time. Because, and, uh, and uh, when, about, about a few months later, uh, Alec would contact me and says, did you remember my guy called Douglas Jacobs in Argentina? Well, I said, yes, he's very English with tall boots and breeches and he spoke perfect English. Well, he said, if you'd like to go back to Argentina, contact him. Well, okay, thank you. So, well, so I, I, I wrote a note or something and, and we arranged that. I arranged for a, a two-year contract for herdsmen at the... Uh, a farm down down in the coast, about uh, four hundred kilometers south of Buenos Aires, and uh, well, I was seven years there. Uh, Finally, the, the owner died, and uh, there was a change of administration, and people were not what to. You know, not very interested. I could see in, in the, on the, the cattle business and, and the breeding or purebred business. So. Well, I said, I need to get out of here because this, this is no good for me. So I, one guy, an insurance agent, come up to me and he said, you know, the, the last leaders, which are very famous in this country, where they were the buyers of Jumbo Seller for Candy Cricket, 33,000 guineas and fell for years, I, I was there. That's right, they bought Jumbo Seller yeah. for 33,000, yes, I remember that, of course, the record price. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was right, yes. Funny enough, I went on. said that the herdsman is retiring. He says, oh, well, Jesus, I like, that's a, that's a good one. So I, I when I get involved, get, got involved with the people, and I said, I would, if, you, if you're considering me, I would like you to consider me for, for the job of you. If you're going to change or get somebody else or promote somebody, I don't know what you're going to do, but just, just to take me into consideration. So maybe a couple of months later, well, this is all fixed up, and I went to Las Vegas. They had Hereford and Angus together, and a little, a few Charlies, but they got rid of them pretty quick. And uh, so that was, I think, that was the best movie that I've read in my life that I really made, going to Las Vegas, because... You talk about Las Lilos, and of course they were a famous herd, uh, but they would have a, a lot of cattle. They would, you'd bring out what, upwards of a thousand bulls a year. Well, there was maybe, maybe we were feeding a thousand head at a time every year. All the bulls are sold at two years here. Okay. No, not zero, sold as yearlings. So you've got the two year olds, and then you've got the other. As other batch of the spring calves or the next year's calves coming up and go so you've got to feed them too. So that's, uh, that was a really big operation. The farm was 10,000 hectares, which is 20,000 acres. So. Yeah. But uh, but uh, that was a really place, and it was very nice to work with. Uh, I had good men, I had a good manager, we were very, very friendly with him. And uh, we traveled a lot abroad and to North America and Canada and looking for sires and they always took me there and I went to shows and I learned a lot for the hairs. My I didn't take talk to the owners. I like I like talk, talking to the cattlemen. They're, they're, you know. <laughs> so I was really in the middle of me we were we were very successful for years. Let's just step back a little. I mean, selling a thousand bulls a year is a huge operation, as you said, and. Uh, 
I suppose not a lot of our listeners know much about the climate and the country round about Buenos Aires there in Argentina. What, uh, what, what like is is, is the fairly arid climate there on those ten thousand hectares there? Would what would the stocking rates be like? There's a play, uh, a, a class or a group or a, uh, I don't know what they what they call them. There's pure bed cattle which we call pedigree, and then they get another breed which is a pure cold control cattle. They're branded, they're accepted and branded by the association, but they're not pedigree, and that's used for the commercial men. That's, you know, that's where the, 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 all the Norwegians come, Norwegians come, the blue steers come from. But there's, there's no many big, big herds of purebred cattle. I would maybe say maybe 500 or something, something about, but uh, that's what they come the two breeds, Angus and Herbert, we had. Maybe 300 each of them, but that was what. But the big herds are pure for commercial cattle. That's for the for the big sales and where all the, where the sales of the steers come from. And a, a lot of, of course, compared to the UK, and again, we've discussed this on this podcast, compared to the UK, you guys aren't quite so precious about the pedigrees. You need functional cattle that'll, that'll go and work. And they are a different type of animal, the, um, the, the, the Angus and the Hereford still, that you have down there that uh, that we'd have in the UK. Well, I would say the UK are different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're much the same as American Canadian stuff, me and I think. Well, I think we've, we've got the right, right type of cattle nowadays, I think. It's uh, no, not too big and not too extreme and easy feeding and easy doing and uh, easy to sell. And I think a lot of people, I think the, I don't know, I, I, I think it's cause the British people, I don't know, the, the, the butcher led them to that type of cattle, not, not, not so greasy and well. Well, you, you can get smaller cut and not, not greasy. It's it's, uh, it's a, a case of working or feeding or properly or or, or using the right genes to get the right type of cattle. Generally, from the pictures that I've seen, uh, Angus in uh, Argentina would be maybe um, smaller. Would that be uh, would that be the word? Maybe I had Geordie Suter on the podcast and sort of harping back towards the uh, the more of the original native Angus uh, type of size. No, no, they're bigger. bigger. They're bigger. I know the Suter cattle, and I judge them more than once down here. than just it's just it's just what I think. And uh, you, you've said, judging, you'll have won numerous championships. You mentioned Palomo's show there over the years with Aberdeen Angus, Hereford, Shorthorns, I think, and Devons, and various cattle you'll have, you'll have turned out at Palomo's show over the time. Well, uh, I mostly Angus, mostly Herefords and Angus, Shorthorns for some other people. Uh, I brought and judged Devons in Brazil. Okay. I brought that one too, and then I judged uh, one year in Brazil in the Devons. Which is a, it's a nice breed. It's it's a, it's a pity they're not used more. I think it's a useful breed, but I think you know that. But uh, as I'm going going back to like I I'm 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 not a I'm not a I don't blow on too much <laughs> of what I said. But uh, when I was 19 years at, at Las Leaders. We had we had 24 Hereford and Paul Hereford champions at Palermo. One Angus bull and two reserves, and then uh, and all of, and all my show years at Palermo up till now, 
uh, which I'm still showing. <laughs> I've prepared and brought out more than 40 Palermo champions. Wow. I think nobody else has done that. No. No. And one year, at least, uh, one, one, over, uh, two years after I took, took over the herd, they, they, they've got five division championships for keep competing for the grand champion. Okay. All five champions were the same herd from, uh, from Las Lilas. That's never ever done. Wow, that really is a pretty amazing achievement. And as well, for those that don't know, the Palermo, we're not just t- turning up to a garden of fate here. There'd be a lot of cattle there of all sorts. And, uh, I mean, there'd be, what, three, four, five hundred angus there alone. The uh, maybe not so more, not so much at that time. But uh, maybe 300 mm-hmm. and more or less herbivores too. Because herbivores, horned herbivores and, and bold herbivores competed separately. Okay up until about 10 years ago. Okay. Then, then there's, uh, well, there's still separate, but there's no more horn cattle either. It's the show hardly. But uh, it's all, all pole nowadays. That's interesting how the horns and the poles stayed a, a, a separate entity uh, for that length of time. And uh, we've talked about that on this podcast before now, where the, the, the horns and the poles have been in different sections. But of course, they're all singing off the same sheets now. And Norman, you've judged both Angus and Shorthorns, I think, at Palermo's show, probably the first one for a while. Going back the way, I suppose a lot of Scottish judges or British judges would be invited down there to judge year on year. But uh, I think by the time you got to judge it, uh, you would be one of the first uh, Scotsmen for for considerable time. Oh, you... oh yeah. I, I don't know who, which, what the last one might be, Scotland. I mean, Jimmy Bigger was a very good friend of mine. He, he judged them one year that I was here. I was here and he judged them. I don't know who was the last judge to come out. But uh, funny enough, he mentioned that uh, they're celebrating 200 years of short on cattle in this country this year as Palermo. Yeah, okay. And I'm going to judge them. Oh, yeah, okay. So uh, that's quite an honor. Well, of course it is, and uh, we've just had the celebration of the 200th uh, year of the Coates Herd Book of the Shorthorns in the UK, and the specialised event that they had there, they had a massive turnout of, uh, of Shorthorns, and I'm sure the same will apply to Palermo. There'll be a, a lot of cattle there for you to judge. And I know you've judged in Scotland a few times as well, and we'll maybe come on to that in a second, but uh, going back to your career then, you, were, you moved on to become a consultant within the industry. Would that be somewhere right? Well, funny enough, the same thing happened at Las Lidas. The owner died and the family split up and some of the cows were dips, were shared. And so the, the manager <laughs> he called him in, me into the office one day and said, you know, Norman, I'm sad to say, but you, you're going to have to go. <laughs> so, well, it was a, it wasn't a nice... It, it, it hit me pretty, pretty hard because we, we did well there, but... Uh, Oh, well, what, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to go. I've got a house where I started with it and down in the coast. So, well, I'm trying to go. I put in some adverts and, and offer my services and maybe try consulting. So, funnily enough, I had a good, good response. And uh, there was a man, a very rich man, who really just newly bought a farm in a hilly area, very nice scenery. Uh, I just bought a farm and there's a herd, herd, herd it, uh, on the farm. But not, 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 not that was, they weren't paying much attention to them. But, uh, well, he fixed me. I started working for him for a long while. But uh, we, 
I started for him for 18 years, something like that. And we we won Palermo eight times by four bulls and four four females. We won eight times, and and I was consulted for for short runs. And uh, funny enough, the short run and the Sinclair herd, but they they came from Tarvis originally. Uh, I consulted for George Sinclair and and a few others. I mean, not not too much travel, but you got to travel a lot. A lot. It's not, 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 not nothing's close in this country. No, but uh, um, but I've been very successful. I've, I've been lucky. I got got nice people to work with and and uh, paid attention. In. And I worked quite a bit in Uruguay, Angus and Herefords. I did some work in Brazil, but with Angus and uh, no, I've been very successful wherever I've been. So okay. I've had a. a I've had a nice journey. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. And, and you mentioned Brazil. Is that be the Puerto Alegro show? Would that be the big one in Brazil? Oh, no, La Prada. Maybe. Yes, yes, that's the big one. And La Prada yes, the in Uruguay. One, yeah. they're, both, they're both big, big events again, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Paloma. Yeah. Well, I brought out. I brought about well, three years at that at Puerto Alegre show, but I brought out the, the grand champion Angus female in one year. So that was okay. that was a good goal. Okay. And I worked quite a bit in Uruguay. I have several champions and championships in in Uruguay with Angus and in Hereford and uh, and I've judged it three times already that show. So, uh, okay. but it's it's, it's it's very nice people in Uruguay. It's they're easy going. It's 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 very nice to work people. They're very friendly. And, they're like they're very friendly with Johnny Walker too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the whiskey. Fair enough, I understand. And uh, you said you've 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 judged in those shows. Obviously, you, you've learned to speak Spanish fairly young. But there may there would be there would be a lot of cattle in Brazil and a lot of pure cattle in Brazil and Uruguay, wouldn't they? I mean, they're both big cattle countries, uh, as big as as Argentina, maybe. Yeah, well, but the Brazilians have got have got uh, all African boys because of the climate. Okay. The only people, the, the British bees are just a very in the very south against Uruguay. That's just, and they're just, they're just not so many. But, the, but, but they're good. Eh? Uruguay is mostly Angus and Hero. Angus are pushing hard, but uh, it's a very nice show. Okay. It's a very nice show. You mentioned earlier on that you work closely with uh, USA Genetics, and you sold a few bulls back up there. So I imagine you work, you, you work closely with them. Have you been up? Have you been up that way lately? Are you cattle? In Argentina, similar, going a similar direction to they are in in the U.S. Oh, they're very similar, very similar. Okay. Well, they're, they're, most of the genes have come from the last twenty years. Have come from there. Some of the too big, and some you know, some some you look back at photographs and what the hell did you do with this? This is, this is a monster. But <laughs> the thing, somebody discovered so well they were too small once at one time, and then they got too big. <laughs> But they, well, but they went from one extreme to the other. But it's, that's, that's that's all right. Owners. I think they've got the right type of cattle nowadays. Uh-huh. We'll go back to your to your neighbour, um, Neil Massey. Of course, went through that that painful curve, if you like, of getting them from small to getting them bigger again. And you judged Perth in 1987, I think. That would be round about the time when they were getting pretty long-legged, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just was the start of it. And there was, it wasn't. I must say, it wasn't the best show that I've seen at Perth. They were pretty mixed. Some people didn't know what to do, and it, 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 well, I was just unlucky. It was at that time of the change. And that's just what happened. 
And how did you take about that? Then did you go for something a bit more smaller and compact that you're used to down there, or did you did you take them? Well, I suppose you probably wouldn't find any to be honest. Yeah, well, he well, I like the jumping bull. He wasn't too big. He was he was more of an old-fashioned type, but not so small. And then you went back and yeah. judged the the Black Beauty Bonanza up there in Aberdeen in uh, in 2005, I think. That's sort of 20 years on. Have the cattle changed a lot in that time? Yeah, that that, that was that, that was an honour. Well, that that was Eddie Glander's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good friend of Eddie's. Good. We were brought up in the same area. Uh -huh. Yes, I know Eddie well enough, and Eddie, a great time um, servant, if you like, ambassador for the Angus breed. But you know, you're 20 years on from when you were last there judging, had the cattle changed uh, by the time you got to the Bonanza in sort of 2005, for the better, maybe? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. Okay. And I, I think there was one time when, I, I never remember the years, but there were one day the cattle got bigger, they were not, not only they were too big, they couldn't walk. They were, they were very wide walkers and that. And I've changed that. The last end of, I haven't been perfect for years, but but that's changed and they've gone better. And I think that they're, the cattle are pretty good nowadays at home. And but you've got to cater, cater for your market, that's what people want. You know? Of course, of course. And, and you, you're back in Scotland still regularly, uh, Norman? You still make a trip home when you can? When I come on Buddha, it was three or four years. I, I wasn't, I was going this year and I didn't come and go. I'm going to back and uh, I'll be there in February. You'll be there in February? Sure. I've I got to collect my pension. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and some of the great cattle that you have in Argentina, I know maybe it's a health issue, but are we seeing any? Are you seeing any genetics going out of Argentina? Is there, is there interest in people bringing the genetics back up the way to maybe try and bring the bring the, some of these leggier cattle back down to something a bit more honest? Well, there's, a, there's quite a bit of movement with embryos from Canada and the United States. You, you've got to go through Canada to get to the United States. Okay. But one of the bigger herds, or two or three of the bigger herds of have moved in that way, and there's, there's cattle, uh, Argentine petting is 100% in the United States and in Canada now. The, the paperwork's a lot of different, you know, the, the, the sanitary rules and all that stuff, it's, it's complicated. Okay, and what about semen, is that the same? Is, is there any semen being shipped, shipped back and forwards? South American semen? No, I don't think, I think too much, not too much. I think the, the embryos are going more, more than something on, on semen. And uh, you're you retired now. You said you're still showing, but you must be retired. <laughs> retired, or, or you are you still just giving it some? Oh, I'm still working. Oh, okay. Semi-retired. <laughs> it's, it's boring doing nothing. <laughs> but you you will be known as Mr. Anger, certainly. If you not you say you're not to blowing your own trumpet, there you are very well known throughout Argentina, of right South America, I think in in the. Angus and, and the Hereford world as as, uh, as one of the top men I know when I look on the internet there you seem to be everywhere doing something so uh, he's still famous well, I don't know some, some famous I've been I've been lucky I've been successful I'm uh, mostly working with Herefords nowadays I'm handing a herd way down south in the Patagonia okay. it's about five six years old and we're uh, it's owned by a doctor but we're being very successful down there it's 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 nice. It's a nice country to work with. It's bloody cold and bloody windy, terribly windy. It says you coming from but, Aberdeen. Uh, 
I'm now. I think my blood got hotter over the years. <laughs> and your family, you've got your son Tony, would, you, would be born in Argentina, I guess. I've been in touch with him. Is he working in the business as well? Is he in the cattle business? Yes, he's in the cattle business. He was, he's with Rangers in Bradford, up in the north, in the hot country. Okay. Of course, you say up in the north. I mean, Argentina is a very diverse country, isn't it? It would be a lot warmer up there. And uh, and you mentioned the the Bradford there. Of course, the Brahmin was brought in to cross with these animals so they could stand the heat. And is there a, a lot of that there in, in further up in the north? A lot of those uh, Braffords and, and, and such like? Oh, there's a lot of Bradford nowadays. And maybe, maybe just as much as Brangus. And the Brangus started, started earlier, but the Bradford are very popular. Okay. Well, they're tamer, they're easier handled, okay. and maybe 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 better doing. Okay. I think that that's a mate. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've got some problems too, but that's a it, it's a, it's a nice breed, and they're good cattle. Is really in, in the hot climate it favors them. A few months ago, we had on this podcast PJ Butler, who was uh, talking about the diversification of different animals all around the world. Don't know. Have you met him? Well, I've met, I've met him, and he's going to judge Palermo this year okay. at that terrible show. He's, he seems to judge cattle all over. I think he's a professional cattle judge. He seems to be all over the world judging cattle. There, well, um, oh, yeah, he's very popular. Okay. Well, he must have been a good If you're a good judge, you get popular. You don't need. You don't need, don't need to look at the, uh, the end of the halter. Look at the cattle. Yes. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, that's the case. Uh, to keep getting asked back to do it, you must be doing something right, and and you the same by the sound of it. If you're if you're judging, and when just remind us when Palermo show is. Last week in July. July. I'm. I'm not sure I'll make it down there this year, but it's something I would like to see if we can get a live report from the Palermo show because it's. It's not one that I've really covered, and I would love to know a little bit more about its. Uh, about its history. Uh, talking of judging, I've. I've judged the, all the most important shows in South America. Uh-huh. I've judged three. Three times the Prado, three times short runs in Palermo, one Angus, one Hannibal. When you're consulting, it's very difficult to judge me. The guy you work for, he can't chew a cattle. That's true, of course. If you've got two, so, two or three clients there taking cattle there, then you've got to tell them to leave them at home or they're all standing no, on the okay. sideline waiting for another judge. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of... And uh, I'm judging part of wine. I'm, I'm going to Chile in November. I've just, just been invited to the, the best show here in Osorno. Okay. So that, that'll be interesting. Sure. And, um, yeah. Sure. I, I enjoy judging. Mm-hmm. I enjoy judging. Well, as I said, you must be doing it right if they keep asking you and asking you. And uh, do you get across to Scotland? Have you been to the? Do you get to the Highland show? Is that a regular trip for you? I've just been once at the Highland in maybe maybe fifty years. It's the wrong time of year for me. It's too near Palermo show. Of course, as you said from the outset, Palermo is your is your major and favourite show. And are the numbers still still the same? Is it? It's a lot of the shows are suffering a little bit now. Are they still keeping the numbers of cattle up at Palermo show year on year? Well, some bigs love to get more or less, and some bigs get some more. I think it may be, it may be not some more, maybe 50 or 60 years ago. But there's a lot of cattle. There's a lot of cattle. And short ones are growing in size again. And the, the last year, the last, last Palermo, it's the best show I've seen for the last maybe 20, 30 years. Because they, they were in the down. When they picked up this, the four or five breeders really stuck into it, and they, they, they've, they've handled them very well. It was a good show last year, so I'm looking forward to judging this year. I think the same can be said for the breed uh, north of the equator as well. Certainly in, in the UK, there's uh, the numbers are getting up and up. 
the last the last time I someone surprised me. Well, I was a very good friend of Donald because of, uh, oh, um, uh, apart from my father, and uh, thoroughly he's gone too. But uh, uh, I was surprised at the, 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 the short ones. But well, Neil bought some and then he got rid of them. But it didn't last. Maybe too much work. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. You mentioned Donald Bigger, and I got a lot of dealings with Donald. He was a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, of course, a great judge of, of cattle, as all the Bigger family were, and, and uh, spent quite a lot of time down there in South America. And then, uh, grandfather Walter Bigger as well. I think he was probably maybe more in, in, in America when uh, he judged Chicago a record number of, of times there. Great family. No, I, I didn't know him. Okay. Jimmy was the one of the shrewdest men in the cattle business. I got very friendly with him just listening to him. I, I, I learned a lot with Jimmy. Yeah. He, was, he was a tremendous guy, really, really one of the best. I remember Donald telling me one day that he'd been down in uh, South America, Argentina, I think maybe Brazil, but uh, saying he'd brought out uh, cattle down there. and It's a great learning ground for everybody, really. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's a, that's a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, Norman, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you there. I've been trying to reach you for a while there to see if we can get a handle on, on the scene down there at Argentina. And uh, you're a man that knows it, and uh, seems like everybody knows you. And, and that's brilliant to hear that you're still at it and still still working away there, uh, judging and showing, and uh, still wishing you the best of luck with both of those as you carry on. Oh, well, as long as the body gets in, you have to do something. So long as my legs can carry me there and back again, so... And uh, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I, I I really was made for this. I'm sure of that. And I was lucky. I've been lucky with uh, people that I've worked for. And and uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's been a it's been a real uh, a nice life. I can't complain. Good. Well, you certainly do fit into our series, Characters in Livestock, because it sounds like the industry has given you a lot, and you've given it a lot back as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you very much, and if I can be of any help at any time, just call me. Certainly will. Thank you, sir. Okay. All the best. Thank you. Much obliged. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales. And uh, as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. And uh, don't forget that Harbro are trading in over 20 countries around the world. So all Top Lines and Tales listeners, wherever you are, please get in touch with them and find out more about uh, what they do and about their great range of products. You can find more information about Harbro on the internet and on social media. And while you're on social media, don't forget to log into our Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find loads of information and fascinating facts about this and about the other over 100 podcasts that we have now broadcast.